Today's daf is daf Tezvog, we're beginning at the Mishnah at the bottom of Yadalit Amid Beis. Zog Deleg Mishnah. We have actually a parallel Mishnah, similar Mishnah in Sechashvus, and Iran points out there are subtleties in the difference of the way it's worded in Shvus, because there the focus is a Shvua, whereas here the focus is a Neder. So, Kainem Shani Yashain, the person said Kainem, should be like a carbon, my sleeping. Which is answering his sleeping, which itself has to be explained, because sleeping is an activity, it's not a chafetz, it's not an object. So exactly how is the nether working that I prohibit myself from sleeping? We have to see. Alright? Or Shani Madaber, or that I'm speaking, or Shani Mahalach, or that I'm walking. Alright? So, or, if a person says to his wife, I make a neder, should be like a korban to me, my uh, having relations with you. In all these cases, meaning he is subject to the prohibition of desecrating his word, meaning it is a binding neder. So we have to actually uh, see that. Now, the Ron points out a couple of things. So first of all, he says in Shavuos, it doesn't say Shani, it says She'eni. That I will not sleep. He says, because there, that's specifically the language of a letter. I will not do this. That's a, that's a nether. Here it says, Lashon of a, of a, I mean, it's, it's a shua in the Shavuos. I will not do this. It's a shua. Here it's a nether. But again, we have to understand what exactly is it going on to be bounding as a nether. The other thing is, the Ron says, we have to explain why, uh, later on in the Gemara, why does it say over here that you are now, uh, in, uh, subject to, to, the desecration. Just say it's Asr. Asr. That's, that's the language and in, in, in action Shavuos. That is the language of the Mishnah. So that has to be answered as well. Alright. Now, the next piece of Gemara is very technical, but I want to make sure we hop it so that we understand. It's going to circle back to us. There are going to be circumstances where when a person makes a neder, it's not just a simple neder. A simple neder is this apple is Asr for me. It could be this apple is also for me 24 hours. It could be, but it's a simple, the Isser is the declaration, is creates the nether, and the prohibition on the object is created immediately. Or even, I could say, it could be delayed. This apple will be also to me tomorrow. So tomorrow the Isser will be there. But it's a straightforward nether. Sometimes the nether involves a trigger. Which means there's two components to the declaration. There is the nether, which you'll be in violation of if you violate the, the, the terms of the nether. But there's also could be built in as a trigger that it takes the trigger to trigger the nether. What do I mean? So give me an example. Let's say the person says that I make a conum on my eyes. It means I prohibit my eyes from sleeping uh, today if I sleep tomorrow. So let's hear it again. I make a nether that I'm not allowed to get benefit from sleep today if I sleep tomorrow. Meaning that if I sleep tomorrow, retroactively it triggers the nether today. Right? If I don't sleep tomorrow, then there is no nether. What triggers the nether is dafka my sleeping tomorrow. Now, if a person said that, if he said that I prohibit myself from sleeping today if I sleep tomorrow, then obviously he can't sleep on both days. Because if he sleeps on both days, tomorrow he triggers the nether, retroactively he violated the prohibition today. Right? On the other hand, if he never slept today, then, then even if he triggers retroactively, but there's no problem because you never slept today, so you could have triggered it, but there is no violation. Right? Now, if he sleeps today, but doesn't sleep tomorrow, or he sleeps tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, but doesn't sleep today, then there would be no problem either. The only problem would be if he sleeps on both days. But the point we're trying to show over here is, you have a declaration that involves a trigger, and it involves the nether. And in this case, the trigger comes after the nether. So the violation would only be retroactive. It would not be a violation at the time on the first day because you don't know yet is it going to be triggered, right? So now we're going to see that there is a machlokus. What's the machlokus? So this guy made such a nether. Again, why? Let him see a psychologist. I'm not sure. 
But the point is, the person made such a nether. He said that if I, uh, he said I make a nether, I'm not allowed to sleep today in, if I trigger it with my sleep tomorrow. So now, today, what is the status today? Right? Do we allow the guy to sleep today or not? So it's going to be a machlokas amoroyim. There is no derisa prohibition of sleeping today. Right? The only problem derisa will be sleeping today if he's slept. But today, there is no, we can't, we can't say, in Torah it's also for you to sleep today because there's been no nether triggered. Okay? So here we have a machlokas. Rabbi Yehuda holds is that midderabonon, we aren't going to let you sleep today. Why aren't we going to let you sleep today? Because we're afraid that you might not be careful and trigger the nether tomorrow. And by triggering the nether tomorrow, retroactively you would have violated an Isidoraisa. Right? Now, we wouldn't be able to give him lashes for that Isidoraisa. Why wouldn't we be able to give him lashes for that Isidoraisa? Because at the time that he slept, he we don't know. But, but did he violate a Torah violation? Yes. Therefore, the rabbis are not going to let him sleep today because we're afraid that he might trigger it tomorrow. That's Rabbi Yehuda's Shita. Rabbi Nachman says, well, there's no concern. Rabbi Nachman says that just as you make a nether, you've got to be careful not to violate the nether. So therefore, if you know that your triggering is going to cause retroactive, you'll have to be careful on that too. But there is no reason that the Chachamim can go to a guy and say, we're afraid you're going to trigger it tomorrow, then we don't sleep today. That's not a problem. Don't, you can let him sleep today, and he'll make sure that what? Tomorrow he won't. He won't trigger it tomorrow. That's the Machlokas here that's going to be spending most of today's da' focusing on this Machlokas between Yehuda and Rav Nachman. So let's read inside. It's Itma, it was stated. I put a konem, a prohibition on my eyes from benefiting from sleep today if I sleep tomorrow. So I'm Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a Rav. Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rav, that the Chachamim will not let him sleep today. Because we're afraid he's going to trigger it tomorrow and retroactively have violated the Daraisa Neder. From the sleeping of today. Rab Nachman, Amr of Yachman says, No, Yishan, he is allowed to sleep today. We're not concerned, Shema Yishan Lamachar, that he might sleep tomorrow. Alright? Now, says the Quran like this, that even though we have a trigger and we have a nedr, the machlokas is only specifically where the, the trigger is what you're concerned about him violating tomorrow. However, Moda Yehuda, Yehuda will agree to Rav Nachman that if, the, if the, 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 the declaration was flipped, let's say the fellow said like this, Konem lamachar, I prohibit my eyes from getting benefit tomorrow if I sleep today. So now he put the trigger up front. He said, if I sleep today, then it triggers my nether tomorrow. Right? So now, in such a case, says Rav, uh, says Rav Nachman, I mean, says Rav Yehuda to Rav Nachman, there I don't argue with you. There we are going to let him sleep today. Why? Because the worst that he sleeps today, he's triggered the nether for tomorrow. Now, why is it different? Why does it make sense, according to Rav Yehuda, how does he... So Rav Nachman holds, either way, we let you sleep today. But Rav Yehuda says, no, in the first case, where you said you put the nether first and then the trigger second, there we're concerned you're going to violate the trigger and it's going to... But where you put the trigger first and you put the nether, we let you sleep today. I, the result's going to be the same. You're triggering the nether and if you sleep tomorrow, you're going to be violation day, right? So, so say it like this. This is a psychological thing. This is Rabbi Yehuda, Amarav's psychological insight. He says like this, that a person, if the behavior is in di- in, it directly is a violation, that... It, I know that if I sleep, I'm violating a nether through my sleep right now. So in such a case, that we don't have to worry. The person will not sleep. But if the situation is, is because my violation is just the trigger, and then retroactively creates a nether, the person won't be as careful. And therefore, according to Yudha Marab, there's no problem if you said like this, if I trigger the nether, 
Not a problem. So you trigger the nether today. Tomorrow you're dealing with the actual nether. We're not worried that you're going to violate the actual nether. Tozer says you'll get something sharp and prick yourself and make sure you don't sleep. That's what But he agrees with Rav Nachman in there. There's no problem. Let him sleep today because what does it do? Trigger the nether. Tomorrow he's going to have full awareness not to violate the nether. Where does Rav Yehuda disagree? Rav Yehuda says he disagrees is if you let the guy sleep a potential, sleep today, but today there's no violation, it's a potential nether, and you have to hold that he's going to be careful with the trigger, people aren't as careful with it, with, 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 with caring not to violate the trigger, not to set off the trigger, even though technically, by, by setting off the trigger tomorrow, what is he now ostensibly doing? He's violating the nether attractive. People aren't going to be as careful. That's why Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with Rabbi Nachman in the first case, but he agrees with him in the second case. Clear? Okay. So let's read this inside. So Gemara says like this, who might Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda will agree, is that the Oymer, if a person said, is I put a netter on my eyes tomorrow, if I sleep today. Meaning, that if I sleep today is the trigger. That'll trigger that I have a nether tomorrow. Let him sleep today. Let him trigger it. Makes a difference he triggers it. Why? Because tomorrow he'll be careful. Why? Because when is Rabbi Yehuda worried that a person is not going to be careful? But if it's the stipulation, if it's the trigger that he might or might not trigger that a person is not careful about about the isura, but the isra of the nether itself on that desire on that a person is going to be desire he is careful if he knows that actually this act is the violation of the nether itself it's not just the trigger therefore then he'll be more careful than triggering it even though it does retroactively make him in, uh, put him in violation okay that's the machlokas we understand the machlokas now let's circle back to our Mishnah. Now again, the premise of this entire piece of Gemara is that the Tana, when he teaches us cases, he teaches us things that have to be novelties. Right? So first let's clarify what the case of the Mishnah is, and then let's clarify what the novelty of the case is. So tonight we went in our Mishnah, He's making a nether, he's using a Russian konim. Konim should be like a carbon, should be viola- I should be violated like benefiting from a carbon. If I speak, if I sleep, if I, uh, if I walk, all these things. What exactly is the case? Right? If you read it exactly how it's written, right, there's a problem. What's the problem? Is that a nether has to be on a chef, it has to be on an object. And the way the nether is worded in the Mishnah, what's the problem? Imagine. It's going on an activity, it's going on an action. So the Chorah says the Gemara, that I caught him that on my sleeping, is that actually a nether? We learned that Brysa yesterday, that there is a greater stringency on Shvuos than there is on Nadarim uh, in certain aspects. Right? A shvur can work whether it involves a tangible item, whether it involves a non-tangible item. Whereas Masha Enkeb and the Dorim, the Dorim are only bound if what? On to a right on a non-tangible, on, on, on a tangible item. It does not work on a non, uh, an intangible item. Vashina and what is sleep? Sleep is it's something that does not have substance, not tangible. So how could the nether work? So therefore Ella must be the case he's talking about, is the person must have said more than just sleep. We had a concept like this yesterday as well. He said, I make a nether on my eyes from benefiting from the sleep. Now why does that help a little bit? The eyes are an object, right? So when it says, Elab the Amar Konem Eni Bashina. Shina, that's what he actually articulated. That I, that my eyes are, 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 are also to me like a carbon from benefiting from sleep. Meaning this, I cannot get benefit from my eyes by sleeping. That's what he is saying. So Moses is like this. Now the problem with this is as follows. In, we're going to show like this. By the laws of Shvua, this is the Ran Shita. It's actually my chlokas Rishonim, but I'm going to learn this the way the Ran explains it. By Shvua, there's a concept of Shvua Shav. If you make a Shvua that is not possible to fulfill, right? So therefore, right away, you're in violation of the, is a violation on the Shvua, and you get lashes right away. Now, the interesting thing is the Gemara ascertains in, in Masecha Shvua that a person cannot go without more than three days without sleep. So if a person made a shvur that he will not sleep, we don't wait three days and then give him lashes. 
he made a shvur shav. He gets lashes right now because the shvur that he made is not possible. There's no such thing as a nether shav. If a person makes a nether, that's a nether shav. That's not a possibility. It's just not a binding nether. It doesn't work. Now, the problem over here, if you read the Mishnah, even if you say that I make a nether on my eyes, but if it's an open-ended thing that I should not sleep, that's not a nether. That's not binding. There's no valyachal over there. Because unlike shvur, which will give you lashes right away, a nether that... It never, never takes effect. It never takes effect. It's not because you can't go more than three days. Right? So the Gemara says like this. So what's the case over here? So Ella da Amar Kodim Eidi Bishina. Frek the Gemara. The Eid the Lo Yav Shira. If no specific limit of days were given, so me Shavkin and Le'ad Ava Yisru Balyachal. Do we wait the three days and say, oh, now you violated Balyachal? We don't do that. Because Amar of Yochanan Shvur in the case of Shvua, this is later on when it's a Shvua that I won't sleep for three days, you're given lashes, go to sleep after lashes, you go to sleep right away because it's a Shvua Shav. There is no such thing as a Neder Shav, which means the bottom line is there's no such thing as a Neder Shav. It's not a binding Neder, it's not Bal Yachov. So it can't be that he left it open-ended. So therefore, so what's the case? Now, here we have to interject what the Ron points out. So maybe the case of, he said, I made a Neder on my eyes that I won't sleep for 24 hours. Right? That works. But there's no chiddush. There's no novelty in that. We know you can make nedarim. So I make a nedarim. I want that uh, uh, this apple's also to me for, for, for 24 hours. So what's the point of it? So the, we want to create a case that has some level of novelty to it. So the Gemara says like this. So Ella, what must be the Tana referring to? The Amar. Now let's get again the, the mechanics of this. He's saying is that I put a nether like my, on my eyes that my eyes are a conan concerning my sleep tomorrow, my benefiting from the sleep tomorrow. If I trigger it by sleeping today. Right? This person, if I sleep today, then I will not be allowed to sleep tomorrow. If I sleep today, I've triggered the nether for tomorrow, and therefore, basically, what the Mishnah would be saying is that he would be uh, in violation of Baal Yaakov tomorrow, and therefore, we would not allow him to sleep today. Right, because what it's saying, saying is, therefore, since you're going to be in violation, you'll be in the possible violation of Baal Yaakov tomorrow, Lechora, it would mean that we don't allow you to sleep today. What's that? Technically, correct. Right, but that well, would be, but that already, but that would be the novelty. Which the basic, with the the, 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 the more understanding, the thrust of the Tana. We're not saying if you make a nether, you're over Balyachal. We know that I can't eat an, uh, this apple's awesome. Now I'm over Balyachal. The thrust of the Tana might be must be that since you're separating the trigger from the nether, and the trigger is now, and the nether is tomorrow, we're not going to allow you to trigger it because of the potential violation of Balyachal. The problem is that this is the very case that we said that Rabbi Yehud. Would agree with Rav Nachman. We know Machlokas in that case. We said if the trigger comes first, we don't stop you from sleeping on the first day because you'll be careful on the second day. So therefore, that what would be the, so that can't be the case. It can't be that that, my, I, that if I trigger the neder today, then I'm over Balyachal tomorrow because okay, go ahead and do it. You'll just won't sleep tomorrow. We said there's no problem in that case. That can't be what he's saying is oh, that that there's a, that because the more than Understanding when it says you'll be in violation of Bal Yachal means that means we wouldn't allow you to sleep today. We would let you sleep today. And if you let you sleep you And then there's no Kiddush in that. What's the novelty? Sigmarah says like this. Sigmarah says the Chorah, if that's the case, Amart called the Isura. We said that everybody agrees that if the problem of the Bal Yachal is directly attributed to the Isur, means that the, tomorrow's sleep where there will be a uh, a direct violation if I sleep tomorrow because I triggered the neder yesterday, then Mizdar people will be careful. And if they will be careful tomorrow, therefore what? There should be no reason. Not to let them not sleep. Yeah, why can't they sleep today? And therefore that can't be the time the time is giving you a heads up. Hey, you guys going to be over by Yaakov tomorrow. Don't let him sleep today. That can't be the plan. Elapshita, therefore, it must be the reverse scenario. What must the scenario be that there is a novelty? Again, can't just be saying is that I make a nether on my eyes not to sleep today for 24 hours. That can't be. There's no novelty. So maybe it's the other way around. So it must be the other way around. Meaning like this. The fellow said that if I sleep tomorrow, if I trigger by sleeping tomorrow, then today I'm in violation of a nether. 
Right? Now that is the place where Rav Nachman and Rav Yehuda disagree. But then the simplest reading, the way we understand the Mishnah would be is that since it, this fellow will be potentially in violation of Al Yachel, therefore what? What we're saying is, so therefore we say, Now, let's understand. What it's basically saying, we're saying it means like this. It's saying is, that this fellow has a binding nether, and if he sleeps tomorrow, he'll be in violation of Baal Yachel. So therefore, don't let him... No, now say that. No, that's the one thing that you can't mean that. Because this, this, is, this is how the Ron explains why this is a little different than the first scenario. But the, the point is that if, in fact, he's not allowed to sleep today, if, like Rab Na, Rab Yehuda said, if, if he, he's not allowed to sleep today, if, no, not, no. Rab Nachman's position, I mean, no, sorry, Rab Yehuda's position was we don't allow him, rabbinically we don't allow him to sleep today. Well, if rabbinically we don't allow him to sleep today, then there's no potential of what? He can't violate. There's no Baal And our Mishnah implied there is a potential violating Baal So therefore the question is, the only way there could potential be a problem of Baal is only if we do let him sleep today. And since the Mishnah says there is a potential here of Baal must be we do let him sleep today. If we do let him sleep today, it's a caution of Yehuda. That's the one's question. Must be the case with the Amakonim Eni Bashino that he said that I make a nether, that um, my eyes are a korban concerning my sleep. Hayyim today, im if I trigger by sleeping tomorrow. Now, the point is like this. If you hold like a Yehuda, that this guy would not be allowed to sleep at all today. Well, if we don't allow him to sleep at all today, then even if he sleeps tomorrow, there's no potential of Baal Yachon. So, Eloi, Naim Ayoyim, if he doesn't sleep today, Kinaim Lamachon, even if he sleeps today, Ma'ba Baal Yachon, Devar Ika, there is no possibility of Baal Yachon because the guy didn't sleep today. The only way there's a possibility of Baal Yachon would only be if he slept today, then there's a potential of Baal Yachon. But otherwise, there's no potential of Baal Yachon. Therefore, the Moses is like this. So Elolav must be the case is, but the Nayan is that he slept today. And therefore, Tzmashme is allowed to sleep today. Alma is the Nayan. You see that there must be that this fellow is allowed to sleep today. And therefore, we tell that the heads up is, it's a binding nether. You better not sleep tomorrow because you'll be over Baal Yachov. But if that's the way to read the Mishnah, then what? Therefore, to Yuvdud Rav Yehuda, there will be a reputational position of Rav Yehuda. Sigmora says like this. Sigmora says that the way you have to understand the Mishnah, the way at least Rabbi Yehuda understands the Mishnah, is like this. He understands the Mishnah not the way we just explained the Rav Nachman. The way we explain the Rav Nachman is, is that, that this fellow, since we let him sleep today, he will potentially be in violation of Baal Yachel if he triggers this tomorrow. Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold that you're allowed to do that. Because if, according to Rabbi Yehuda, why? Because he says we don't, rabbinically, we're not going to let him sleep today. So he says that is good for what the Pshad is. The Pshad in the Mishnah is that because if he sleeps today, then we're concerned that he's going to be laughed tomorrow. Therefore, because of the potential of Baal Yachel, therefore, we don't let him sleep today. That's how we understand the Mishnah. So the way to understand the Mishnah, that there'll be a potential of Baal Yachel, is not that it's a binding net, and therefore there will be a Baal Yachel. No, because we don't want there to be a Baal Yachel, therefore the rabbis are not going to let him sleep today. That's the way Rav, Nach, Rav Yehuda will explain the Mishnah. Okay. That is one answer, one potential way of explaining this Mishnah, that it works even according to Yehuda, not just according to Nachman. Ravina Amar, he says, He says, really, your original question, we don't have to go away from. What's the original question? The guy never even mentioned eyeballs. He never mentioned, he just said that I make a nether on an activity. I make a nether not to walk, not to sleep. Not, how, how could there be a nether in such a case? Comes along Ravina, and he wants to be mechadish, is that... We had something, we had a concept like this before, is that because the rabbis see that people are, if you allow them to make some nadorim, and then those nadorim aren't actual nadorim, but if you allow it to go through, 
then they might end up making the Dorim that are binding, thinking what? That just as the other ones aren't binding, these are binding too. I mean, if you got... They're they're, not they're, 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 right. So therefore, if you say, oh, you know what, you just said, a nether not to make to sleep is not a problem. But then the guy might think, you know what, but he's going to say, I made, I made the nether using my eyeballs not to sleep. Well, what's the difference? It shouldn't be binding. But, but it is binding. Therefore, the rabbis created a balyachel, a rabbinical balyachel. When the Mishnah says... The Mishnah, read the Mishnah straight the way it's written. Don't have to come up with stipulations. There's no triggers. There's no, basically, the guy said, I made a nether. I make a konem that I'm not going to sleep. This fellow, it's binding, and there's a balyachel. Now, it's not a balyachel deraisa. Why is it not a balyachel deraisa? Because it's not on an object. Nevertheless, the rabbi said, you are in violation of balyachel on a rabbinical level. It's a, like a fence. Exactly. That's the way you read the Mishnah. So it's like, there's a balyachel, the rabbon, and that's the case. Read it and explain it the way it's written, the way it was taught initially, where he said, Koinem, my sleeping. So what kind of balyachel could be over there? It's a balyachel de Rabbonin. It's a rabbinical balyachel. Now, even though, according to Rabbi Yehuda, there was a prohibition, a rabbinical prohibition for letting the guy sleep, he wasn't willing to call that balyachel. He just said it's to prevent from being over balyachel. Ravina's actually saying there is a balyachel, rabbinical balyachel, for making such a nether. No, to come up, there's a chiddush that you can have a balyachel on a rabbinical level Right, Avina is a great Amora, but then what I want to know, there must be a Tanoic source that you can have a Balyachel de Rabbonon, and we want to see where that is. Moore says, in, yes, there is such a concept of Balyachel de Rabbonon. Now this actually gets into a whole long discussion, which we're not going to get into, but there is a concept of a Minhag. A minog is something that a person, the Torah doesn't mandate, and even the rabbis didn't mandate, but in certain locales they accepted themselves, that is the minog. So the Allah we're going to see, the time we learned in a b'raisa, tvarim mutarim, there are things that actually are mutter. It's mutter to do. V'acherim nagu bahen isr. However, there are others that accepted on themselves the minog not to do it. Right? So it's their minog not to do it. You're not allowed to permit it in front of them. The Ram says two shots from over here. <coughs> number one, you cannot tell them it's okay to do. And number two, you cannot act in front of them like it's allowed to do. Meaning, so whatever their minag is, and obviously it has to be, it's got to be a minag that's based and steeped on, 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 on in, with certain boundaries, it can't be a minag shtus, but the point is that if somebody has a minhog, so to tell them you don't have to keep that minhag, or to act in a way in front of them to show them that you don't consider that to be a good minhag, you are not allowed to do. Why not? Because the minhag is considered to be binding like a nether on a rabbinical level. Not minat Torah, but on a rabbinical level, that's considered to be, so therefore, vis-a-vis them, they have a prohibition on a rabbinical level to keep it like a nether. So therefore, like this, shenema lo yachal devaro. Now it says lo yachal devaro. Lo yachal devaro doesn't say, when you do not desecrate the nether. It says, don't, it says, don't desecrate his word. That's the way the Ron explains it. Don't desecrate his word. So you're not allowed to desecrate your word. Your word means includes even a minat. Now even though we said it's only rabbinical, so this is not a actual drosha derais that's only in a smachta but the point is on a rabbinical level they gave it a din of bal yachel if a person accepts a minute but we're trying to prove from here that what that you see there is a concept of bal yachel even on a rabbinical level which is what Ravina is saying so even, even though on a total level you need an object on a rabbinical level it could be a bal yachel even if no object is involved Okay, circling back, again, we had the Machlokas of Nachman and of Yehuda, let's just refresh. What was the Machlokas of Nachman and of Yehuda? The case was, if a person made a trigger together with a, uh, with, with, with a neder, but the, uh, the, the, the violation of the neder is only going to be a violation if he triggers, so do we allow him to do the activity that would, uh, would cause the violation of the neder retroactively because we're afraid he might trigger it or not? That was the mach locus between... Now, there's no question if the trigger comes first and then the requirement to keep the netter, there was no machlokas, but when it's the other way around, because people might not be as careful with the trigger, that was the machlokas of Nachman and Rabbi Yehuda. So let's go now. So the case is like this. The case is... 
Tanan. We have, a, we learned in a Mishnah, this is a Mishnah that we're going to learn on, on, on Daf Nun Zayin, uh, later on, and it says over there like this, let's say, we're a month before Pesach. Okay? So a month before Pesach, six months before, uh, seven months before Shavuos. I mean, before Sukkot. So it's, it's, it's Pesach, and six months later you have Sukkot. So it's a month before Pesach. A guy says to his wife like this, he says, Sha'at nenes li ada Pesach, I make a neder. He doesn't want her visiting her, her parents. So I make a neder. You are not allowed to get any benefit from me if from now until Sukkot you go visit your parents. Right? Now, the, her benefiting from him for this next month until Pesach is not a, a clear violation. Right? Remember, it's, it's, it's literally the case where they argue about Because it. it's only going to be a violation retroactively if she triggers it by going from today till Sukkot. Remember, it's seven months. For the next seven months, you cannot visit your parents because if you do, then this month, now, the month before Pesach, you mean violation, there'll be a violation of a nether. Alright? Now, there's a huge, huge machlokas here between the Ran and the Rambam, I'm going to touch on it, but we don't have time to. The Ran and the Rambam argues the f- following. If she actually triggers and does get benefit, right? Who is in violation? Who has violated the Val Yachal? He's the one who made the nether, right? But, <laughs> so, the, so the Rambam says it's his violation of Val Yachal. He's the violator. Right. The Ran says no. The Ran learns is that you... No, he put a nether on her though. Correct. He put a nether on her that she's not allowed to benefit from him. And therefore, but that's a huge machlokas. Who's in violation of the Baal Yachel? Is it him because he's the one who made the nether? Or is it her because she's bound by the nether that he makes, even though she never made the nether? Not getting into that. But that just bear in mind there is such a machlokas. Now, let's see the case over here. So, Tanan Sha'at Nenes Li Ada Besach. You're not allowed to get benefit from me. You'll be a nether that you're not allowed to get benefit from me from now until Pesach for the next 30 days. If you trigger it by doing what? Within the next seven months, you go till Sukkot, Chagis Sukkot, till you go visit your parents. Now, what does the Mishnah conclude? If she actually triggered it by going before Pesach, right? So then, she now, as soon as she triggered it, she now, till Pesach, is not allowed to benefit from her husband. Why isn't she allowed to benefit from her husband? Because by going before Pesach, Right, which is within the seven months. Well, no, it's within the 30 days. Right. Right. Meaning, right, it's in the seven months. By triggering it, now she's not allowed to benefit for whatever time is left. So Pesach, she's not allowed to get any benefit from the husband. Asura bahana asa ada Pesach. Now, that, that's the Mishnah. Right? Now, the, the Gemara learns from the, what it implies for it. Halcha lifnea Pesach. However, it's mashma though that when is it asur? Is hal chalifnei ha-pesach asura? When is she not allowed to benefit from her husband? Only if what? If she did what? If she goes to If she father. goes and triggers it, then she's not allowed it. But it's mashmadot, if she, if she hasn't gone, then she's fine. Then she's allowed to get benefit from the husband, right? So therefore, asura. But lo hal this is what the inference, not written in the Mishnah. But if she doesn't go yet, Lo, she would allow to get benefit. Meaning the Mishnah, the way the Mishnah is worded, it's only a problem of within these 30 days of her getting benefit from her husband if she actually goes. But if she doesn't go, means she hasn't triggered the, uh, the but trigger. But time in the seven, next seven months is the trigger, correct? Yes, good, right. But again, but it, it won't affect, the next seven months, after Pesach, the, it won't affect her benefit anymore, because the benefit is only within the, right. But the point it's saying is, why is she not allowed a benefit? Because she actually went. It's Masme that she hasn't gone, we allow her to get benefit. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, that's difficult, because Rabbi Yehuda says, since people aren't careful with the trigger, we don't let them get the benefit now. So it should be us, she should be Asura from benefiting even if she didn't actually go. That's the Gemara's Kasha. So now, that's the Kasha. So, right, you hear, you hear the question. So Gemara says like this. So, Amar Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba says, no, the Pshadi like this. Of course, 
she's not allowed to get benefit, even if, according to Yehuda, the way Rabbi Yehuda would understand that means, she's not allowed to get benefit from now until Pesach, she's not allowed to get benefit. Why is she not allowed to get benefit from now until Pesach? Because we're afraid that she's going to trigger it in the next seven months. What it's saying is, that, that what, it, what, what, what it's saying is that, that, that if she went, she's a surah, if she went before Pesach, she's a surah, and she will get lashes. That's the point. Meaning, if she triggered it before Pesach, then, and I'm to do a shvur. You get lashes for the violation of a netter too. Yes. But the point it's saying is, that if she triggered it before Pesach, then not only is she a surah to get benefit, but that isra of getting benefit now will actually give her lashes. Meaning, we said before, according to Yehuda, you're not allowed to get benefit because we're afraid retractively you're going to be in violation. But there would be no lashes on that because we can't give you lashes unless we know for sure that you violated at the time you violated. But if she triggered it before Pesach, then now any benefit she gets before Pesach, she's in direct Torah violation of the Nether. So that's all it means. So therefore, when it says Asura, it doesn't mean that if, and if she didn't go, she wouldn't be Asura. No, Asura means she gets lashes, whereas if she didn't trigger it, it's still be Asura, but there would not be lashes. That's how to understand it. So when it says, Amr Rabbi Abba, Halcha, Pesach, Asura, and Beloka, Lo Halcha, but if she didn't go before Pesach, then Asura Ba'amad, Isura Ba'amad, there'd only be an Isur, but there can't be lashes, because it's only a rabbinical concern that she might later on trigger it retroactively, even though it becomes a derisive Isra Dragon. We couldn't give her lashes for that, so right now we'd bind her from, go, from, from, from benefiting. But you would not get lashes from benefiting. The only way she can get lashes from benefiting if she triggered it before Pesach and then got benefit, then she would be in violation. So what's this? Fine. Okay. I, so there's a huge difference between the way Yehuda's understanding this and Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman's understanding it. There's only an Isser if she triggered it. Didn't trigger it. No Isser. We're not worried about her triggering. According to Rav, Na, Rav Yehuda, no, she's also going, getting any benefit in the next 30 days for sure, because we're afraid that in the next seven months she might trigger it. So when it says if she went before, she's Asura, it's Asura and gets lashes, that's what it means. Fine. Emma Sefer. Let's go to the next part of the Mishnah. The next clause in the Mishnah says like this. Achra Pesach. Now, this is the second part of that Brysa. It says after Pesach. Okay? Now, we're talking about after Pesach. Bevail Yachol Devaro. She is now subject to the, if, if she went after, uh, she triggers the, she has triggered the, uh, the nether, and she's now subject to the prohibition of Baal Yachel Devaro. Now, the Gemara wants to ask as follows, right? Again, the way the Tana should word this, if it's, is, is in the biggest Chiddush, the biggest novelty that's possible. Now, if according to Rabbi Yehuda, the first 30 days, are we letting her get benefit or not letting her get benefit? According to Rabbi Yehuda? Right. Are we letting her get benefit or not? I, I, I thought he said yes or not. He said no. No, I'm going to Rabbi Yehuda said not allowed to get because we're afraid that... So therefore, if, if, it's, if she goes after Pesach, there should right. be no problem. Right. Because since we didn't let her get benefit, so there's no Baal Yachel. So that, if that's really, but if, so the Gemara is asking the question, the Gemara is asking the question, if in fact you're telling me that if she goes after 30 days, if she went after 30 days, she's now triggered the Baal Yachel. What do you mean she's triggered the Baal Yachel? According to Yehuda, there's no Baal Yachel anymore. She never, she she never went the first 30 right. days. I didn't for 30 this days. only makes so sense. Therefore, I can go now. That, this makes only sense according to Nachman. According to Nachman, we've, we've led her so therefore, if she goes after the day, she yeah, triggered yeah, retractor, the Baal yeah, yeah. That's 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 the Gemara's question. So Gemara like this: Amos day for Achar Pesach, the Baal Yachel She's subject to Baal Yachel. Now, Eid Elois Hani Lifnei Pesach. If in fact she did not get any benefit before Pesach, going with the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda, so how could there be a possible Baal Yachel over here? Sheet, so the only way to understand this clause in the Mishnah is that we've been letting her get benefit before 30 days because we, are, we, are hold, we were holding her accountable not to trigger and therefore, but if she did go after the Pesach, she's triggered, now she's over Baal Yachel. 
So Alma Misanis, we see that she is allowed to get benefit before, which is not like the position of, we're not, we're not worried about the trigger and we let her do the potential nether because we say she's not going to trigger, but she triggers it, which doesn't work a, but there's going to be a reputational position of Rabbi Yehuda. Simona says like this. Uh, says the more like this, that the way you have to explain this, and this is the way Ron, the Ron says, the Ron explains that the bigger Chiddush, according to Rabbi Yehuda, would have actually been if the Gemara never wrote the Bidiyevet situation. The Gemara should have written like this. The Gemara should have said that after Pesach, she's allowed to go. That, that would have been the biggest Chiddush according to Yehuda. After Pesach, she can go to her father's right, house. Why? She didn't benefit in the first 30 and, days. And, and, and why? And that's, that's, and that would be the biggest Chiddush because not only is it telling you, is she's, why is she allowed to go? Because it's telling you we did not, because we don't allow her to go. That would have been the best way to write that second clause if it was going like the Sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. So, but the Gemara's answer to that is, the Gemara's answer is that since the uh, that 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 since this is uh, an addition to the first part of the Mishnah. Now, the first part of the Mishnah is talking about a case where she did benefit during the thirty days, because it says over there if she went during the thirty days. If she benefited, she would be in violation and get lashes. So, therefore, that's why it continued with that same. Theme of the Bidiyavid. But if, I mean, we're not talking about the optimum. Optimum is that she shouldn't have benefited. But it's just building on the first mission. The first part of the mission is something about which she did benefit. Now, even though you're right, construct, to construct the mission in the biggest Chiddush, you should have actually talked about a case like a new case. She's allowed to go after pay. Why is she allowed to go after pay? But, but since it does, it is segueing from the first case where she already did benefit before Pesach. That's why it writes it in the same type of lotion that just, that she, that in the, if she went, right, it, it, I mean, it's writing in the same scenario, building on since, if, if, since if she did get the benefit and she goes after Pesach, she's over Baal Yachel. But we do agree that the better way to have written this would have been is, She's allowed to go after Pesach, and that would have been told me a big chiddush, but it, it, it does segue from the earlier part of the Mishnah. Tanan, let's ask another question from, again, from that same Mishnah. This is another clause from that Mishnah. Alright? What happens if the verbiage over here is a little different, right? The, remember, the first case was, is that you're not allowed to get a benefit me till Pesach if you go and trigger it by going till Sukkot. Here you flipped it around. Shat li adachag. He said like this. You are not allowed to get benefit from me from the next seven months. For the next seven months, you're not allowed to get benefit. If you do what? If you trigger it. How do you trigger it? By, by Pesach. So yeah, now, so there, but it's, 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 you're changing what's allowed until Pesach and what's allowed until Sukkot, you're flipping that around. Sha'at nenez li adachav, you will be also from benefiting me until Sukkot, in Tehrez Adit Ada Pesach, if you go to your father's house by Pesach. Right? So you, you, the trigger now is, oh, it's still going to your father's house, but it's going to your father's house, not for the next seven months, it's only for the next 30 days. If before Pesach you go to your father's house, you will have triggered, you will have triggered the, uh, uh, the, 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 the nether and any bene- and, and, and no, you will not be allowed to have any benefit from me until, sure. until Sukkot, until Sukkot. So it's not really the mission. Adnanisli ada pesach, imtelzulabesabih ada, ada pesach. Alright? So adnanisli ada chag, you will not allowed to get benefit from me until Sukkot if you go to your father's house by pesach. Now, again, hal chalifne pesach, if she triggered it, because she did go before pesach, Right? So then, Asura Bahana also Adachag. She will not be allowed to get benefit now until Sukkot. Because she triggered it. By going before Pesach, she's not allowed to get any benefit until, uh, until Sukkot. Now, Umiteres Leilech Achara Pesach. However, she would be allowed to go after, uh, Pesach. She's now allowed to go. She would be allowed to go after Pesach. Right? Now, so what, what's it basically saying? If she triggered it by going before Pesach, right, she's not allowed to get any benefit, but she is allowed to go now after Pesach, she can go because 
after go, going after basically that's not doing anything. What's it doing? Right? The, 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 what, what the constraints of the trigger was you can't go before Pesach. So even if she did go and triggered the nether, but once she's triggered the nether, so therefore she's not allowed to get any benefit from her husband. Can she go to her father's? She's allowed to go to her father's parents' house. There's nothing wrong with going to her parents' house at this point. The Ron says, the Chiddush is, you might have thought that once she's triggered the nether, it may be to remind her that the nether is in play, she wouldn't be allowed to go the same, as long as she's not allowed to get benefit from the father, from the husband, she's not allowed to get, no, because since the constraint was only until Pesach, after Pesach, if she wants to go, she can go. Now, what does it say over there? Halcha. It says, if she went, right? If she went, she actually went before Pesach, then she's not allowed to get benefit. Right? It says, if she went, right? Lo halcha. It implies that if she didn't go, then what? Then she's not allowed to. Then, then, then there's no problem. Then she could get benefit. Afterwards. At, right? She gets... Well, and, and it is, I mean, it just said, their language was, is that Halchaj says, if she went to the father's house, that's when she became Oster in benefit. It's Mashmah that if she hadn't gone to the father's house, we would have, she would have been allowed to get benefit. She would, there would be no problem. Halchaj would not be a problem. Now, the problem is, again, this contradicts Rabbi Yehuda. Because Rabbi Yehuda holds, whether or not she triggers, we still don't allow her to get benefit because we're afraid she might trigger. All right? So therefore, so, so again, how do we explain Rabbi Yehuda? The not shouldn't be. She's not allowed to get benefit if she triggers. She's not allowed to get benefit until Pesach. Either way, Sigmar says, "I'm a rub again." Same type of idea. Who has the You're right. That even if she didn't trigger, we would still not allow her to get benefit at least until Pesach. But that would be a rabbinical prohibition. Why would it only be rabbinical? She's not allowed. A rabbinical would not allow her because we're afraid that she might trigger and retroactive. That's it. But the point is, if she did trigger, now it's more than just a rabbinical problem. Because if she triggered, because now she gets lashes. And that's all it's saying. Halcha asura veloka. Halcha is that if she went and she's asura with lashes, lo halcha, if she didn't go, not that it's permissible to benefit, it's still asura, but it's only asura v'asura v'alma. It's only rabbinical because of the potential of the uh, of being a violation to rise but there's no lashes. The same, same type of answer we said before. Mesave, another question. Person said like this: This loaf of bread is going to be also to me today. I am going to be bound to eat this loaf of bread with a neder. If what? If I visit a certain place tomorrow. So the trigger is tomorrow. The neder is today. Right? Right. Now, that's exactly the same case as that we had before with the Slachorah Machlokas. Right? That was the case of Machlokas. The trigger later on, retroactively, will create the nether today. Now, Ochal, it says, if the person ate today, he ate the bread, he is now restricted from going tomorrow. Why is he restricted? If he ate today, he, so he eats today. Is in violation because if he, if he eats tomorrow, retroactively he's violated. Now the way the Gemara understands it is that the Chorah is that's problematic because according to Rabbi Yehuda, either way he should not be allowed to eat the loaf of bread. It's not only he's only restricted if he ate the loaf of bread, he shouldn't be allowed to eat that loaf of bread anyway. Because he will may, may, right. So Gemara says that's not a kasha. It doesn't say that we let him eat the bread. It said if he ate the bread, he's restricted from going tomorrow. We never said he's allowed to eat the bread. He's not allowed to eat the bread. But if but he ever he ate the bread, so then now we have a big problem. Now he's going to be also going tomorrow. But in terms of eating the bread, maybe we, don't, we wouldn't allow him to eat the bread anyway. So Miktani also doesn't say we allow him to eat the bread. Achaktan says if he ate the bread. So now, ate the bread, even if Yehuda agrees, if he ate the bread, he's not allowed to go tomorrow. Is he allowed to eat the bread? No, he's not allowed to eat the bread. But if he ate it, then for sure he can't go tomorrow. Right? If if he ate the bread, for sure he's not allowed to go tomorrow. It could be we don't let him eat the bread because we're afraid he might go tomorrow, but if he ate it, for sure he can't go tomorrow. Okay, continues. The bride says like this, Halach, let's say he went, he went the next day. He went the next day to where there's not allowed to go. So therefore, he is in violation of his Baal Yachel. Right? He's in violation of Baal Yachel. Now, the Chorah, what does that presume? That he ate the day before. 
Again, the same kind of question. Why are you presuming you ate the day before? According to Yehuda, you're not supposed to eat the day before. So why would be over by Yaakov? He goes the next day, right? And in fact, again, the same thing. The way the Mishnah should have written is, he's allowed to go the next day. That would be a better way to write. He's allowed, why is he allowed to go the next day? He's allowed to go the next day because we never let him eat before. That's how the Mishnah should have been structured. Mahalach loy doesn't say he's allowed to go the next day. Corner Yehuda, that's the way it should have been written. On that thing, more answers. So kashali Rabbi Yehuda, it's a difficult to Rabbi Yehuda. Again, Amalach Rabbi Yehuda, who did the list of Mahalach? You're right. It could have written that that statement stand alone. He cannot go the next day. But I did ektani reisha acha. But since again, the first case we're talking about where he ate. So therefore, the low mishni lay lay ochel, but doesn't say that he's allowed to eat if he did eat. So therefore, building on that, tani halach if he went, right? That's what's saying. If he went, he's over If he had eaten, you're right. The better way to say is he's allowed to go because we assume he didn't eat. But it's building on the bidiyev case. If he ate, then only if he went is he in violation. Last thing. person says to neder that I, I put a neder on you that you're not allowed to have uh, that that, uh, that uh, you're not allowed to have uh, relations with me. All right, is over Now, whether it's how it was on his body, whatever it is, however they were, we had the different tzuritzim. The one says like this: I can make a nether ushering something of mine on you. I cannot make a nether making ushering something of yours on you. a woman has rights. Minat Torah, that the man is conjugal rights. A man has to have relations with her. So how can he make, even though he said, you can make a neder on something of a mitzvah, on a lulav, on a sukkah, but I can't make, I can't take away something that you have, that it's yours, and therefore you have rights that you, I owe you, that I should sleep with you. How can I say you're not allowed to have relations with me? That's the most caution. There's a shibud midaraisa. There's a sheirut zizvay nasa lo yigraz. Of course, how to translate these things, but just go with the simple shot. That he's got to give her food, he's got to give her clothing, and the appointed time, which is the conjugal rights, where he's not allowed to diminish. So how can he make a nether that's taken away from the conjugal rights, which is hers? It's like asking her thing on her. So Mordechai says like this, a very interesting thing. Then he's like this, I can't word it that I'm asking you from getting benefit from me. But what I am allowed to do is I'm allowed to usher myself from getting benefit from you. Now, even though collateral damage is going to be that if I usher myself from getting benefit from you, what's the collateral damage? That now you're not allowed to have benefit from me because you have But nevertheless, that's not a violation because I'm not taking away directly your thing from you. I'm just taking away my thing from myself. That's the way it has to be worded in order for it to be bound. But Omer, I'm prohibiting myself from the benefit of Tashmish. Again, how is it working? It has to be on an object. Let me force him deal with But anyway, the point is, now, so therefore, in this case, he's saying, I am not allowed to benefit from Tashmish with you. I am not allowed to benefit Tashmish with you. Then it is considered binding. The Amr Khan, we see that Mama's the same thing, really that each one has rights on the other one. He has conjugal rights to her, and she has conjugal right requirements. He has conjugal rights to her. And I. So if it goes the other way too. Let's say the Amr Khan, Tashmishi Alayah, if a woman says to her husband that my, uh, my, the benefits of, of me having Tashmish is also on you. Right? Means, the Tash Mishamita, my Tash Mishamita is also from you to get benefit. Kofi Nesha We can pressure her, take away her tzuba, whatever it is, uh, uh, give her penalties. We can force her to have relations because it's not a binding letter. Because she's trying to away, take away directly his rights. She can't do that. Because she has an obligation to him of get marital rights to him. But if she says, I put on myself that I'm not allowed to get benefits from Tashmish, therefore, even though it's collateral damage, that he, but Dad, you cannot force her, and I should, might have divorced her and lose a ksuba, but there's no, there's no penalties over here, meaning you can't force her. So therefore, Osir. You can't feed someone something that's Osir to him. Means that you can't force him, I, you have a right to me, but I made an editor that's Osir to myself, I can't force you to eat Osir because of you, and therefore we can't make her have relations with him, but it only works if the verbiage was, she's Osirin herself on the pleasure, not answering him. She can't answer him, even though indirectly it comes out answering him, but that you can't do. Like a general stuff over here.